What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode on the Verb Pod Network. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, all the way up here in the Canadian tundra. This episode is brought to you by GoPro and the GoPro GromQuest. What's the GromQuest? Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you about it. Step number one, go get yourself a GoPro. Step number two, film your Grom or yourself or maybe your buddy Bob or even Troy Dog. Doesn't matter. Go get that footage. Step number three, submit that footage to GromQuest. Step number four, maybe win some awesome prizes and become part of the GoPro team. Submissions to GromQuest must feature an individual under the age of 18. So Slaw Dog, you're probably out of luck, bud. Go to GoPro.com forward slash EN forward slash US forward slash awards to learn more and enter. Now, let's get to the pod. Welcome to the Verb Moto broadcast. I am your host. Brad Gebhardt. I'm on about a quarter of these so far. We're going to get to a little bit more of that. But on in the not so distant the past was Loretta Lynn's 2023. We had sun, we had mud, we had everything else in between. And we also had a, a cohesion of guys who've never worked together for the most part, working together, churning out tons of content and doing their thing. One of those guys happens to be this guy next to me over here, or maybe he's on this side of me, depending on how this is being recorded. Wade Rayner, how's it going, Wade? Good, man. It's a little late here. You know, we're always, we're a little behind on the schedule, but it's no big deal. You know, Brad, you we are. are and you know what? Uh, that That's Canadian completely on me. That's completely on me. And uh, I will take the blame for it, but I'm not going <laughs> to feel bad about it because this is going to be awesome. Don't feel. Um, yeah. Like, I know you like to burn the midnight oil. Uh, like, you're you're up you're, you want to talk some dirt bikes your wife's probably like just watching movies or just jamming herself yeah down better looking or something like that either or but probably downstairs watching netflix hopefully exactly she she's getting a few episodes ahead on a show that you don't even like watching to begin with yes yeah so but no she watched a movie without me the other day so i'm a little upset about that well one yeah the outlaws Okay. Apparently it's really okay. good. I have not seen yeah. that yet myself. So, Me either, obviously. Uh, haven't had time. No, we haven't had any time. But here's the thing. Uh, ding uh, for Brent. Um, like, I, I know my chick will never, like, pre-watch things on me. Because I'm yet to find a television broad, like broadcast that she doesn't just fall asleep to. She can't do it. She can't watch anything without falling asleep. I don't know how she gets, like, consumes entertainment um without like she's like she likes the beginning of things apparently um but that's not why we're on this we are on this to talk loretta's they're going to throw things to dax and bennick uh now that i've already precursored that people are probably going to start fast forwarding to that portion of the show anyway but before we get to that let's talk loretta's we you and i and crane uh we broke things down we talked about the different classes and how awesome it was and this that and the other thing um but as i said a little bit uh, a few minutes ago it was a group of guys who like i've worked with crane i've worked with wes uh never met you before never met casey before uh for sure never met jace before because he was uh he's a total wild card we didn't even see him coming in until he was already there um but like tell me a little bit about how this all came together uh i think you were there last year with the that setup uh amanda's uh camper and the whole verb, verb crew like just stampedes in um paint the picture for me that way and then we'll talk a little bit about our week that was yeah definitely um 
But last year, uh, I offered the camper up for West. I said, I wanted to go Loretta's, obviously, similar like how you did. You've never been. I had been before, but I wanted to go back. I wanted to shoot Loretta's, and that was pretty much my best opportunity to do so. So I offered the camper up, and it was like, uh, I think it was like me, Blake, uh, West, Mike Beiser, and Jason Monroe. And there was like one or two other guys. I don't remember exactly um, everyone that was there, but – but yeah, we set that up and obviously I offered to bring it back again this year. It's Amanda's RV, so gotta approve it with her first. But but yeah, I mean we we pile on the RV and we come down and just we crank out content all week. That's kinda how it rolls. It's early mornings and late nights. But this year we got to sleep in a little bit, thankfully. Well, not thankfully, because it rained and we got to sit around. So that part kind of sucked. But I mean it's it's cool. It's a good group of guys and like I don't necessarily I'm not the most talented filmmaker out there obviously like i said that before but it, it's nice to work with these guys who have way more experience than i do like uh, west has obviously been in it forever and then crane's worked forever as well so both those guys have been in dirt bikes and filmmaking for a really long time so someone like me who's maybe you know an intermediate i can come in and i can learn more and take what they do and then also like what casey does and what will does on the editing side and kind of cool, like put that together and it makes me better in, in the long run when I come home, when I shoot stuff for them, like Bud's Creek this weekend, if I go shoot that. Uh, just like I use all that experience and it, it helps make me better, which is really cool. And you don't have that a lot in a lot of uh, other professions, I guess you could say. Fair enough. And you know what? I think you just hit the nail on the head with, I, I get a lot of people who ask me, like, what's it like working for Verb? And like, it's, it's really interesting in the fact that you have a guy like Wes who has been around since like, it feels like forever. And the guy's only two years older than me, which is kind of like, he's like, I think he's an 80, he's an, I'm an 88. He's an 86. Um, he, it's better part of three years between us, but regardless, um, like the guy has, he's been like been through all of the different like technology settings over the years. I don't think he ever shot actual film, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, and uh, but I think he's sure all he has, but not. I'm sure yeah, he's. I'm sure, sure he's has. filmed. Yes, I know he's done. I know he's done it just Possibly to play with trained, it, but not like that was not like his uh, his focus back in the day. I mean, there was tapes, but you know, no film actually. Fair enough. Well, yeah, there's probably some interesting tapes out there somewhere in the ether. But uh, <laughs> either way, uh, he's been doing it forever, and like the expectation when it comes to work for Verb is that you're going to work hard, you're going to work consistent. And you're going to be pretty independent. Like there isn't always a ton of clear, like there's, there's clear lines of communications of what, what's expected. But then from there, you're not micromanaged, which it takes a certain individual to be able to just like basically take your marching orders and go carry them out and like, just do your job, know exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, like, I always find myself like I I feel like maybe it's coming from a construction background where it's almost frowned upon or you're getting shit for asking questions. Um, it's kind of baptism by fire when it comes to working for Verb. It's here's what I expect you to do because I know you can do it. Go do it. And and we did exactly that every single day, whether it was a rain delay or not. Um, you guys were out getting shots, whether there's bikes on the track, not bikes on the track, um, like. Sometimes somehow you had telepathy reading Wes's mind as to what what part of the track he was on versus what part of the track you should be on in order to shoot certain motos because you kind of want to have it sort of pull together as far as like 
front of the track, back of the track. Um, and, and Wes is sort of like a chameleon. He'll, he'll move all over the place and you never know where he's going to be. Uh, and you've got to sort of mirror that. Um, but I absolutely love the whole situation of working for Verb. I love the hours. I love the the expectation. And I love the the level that we execute at. I think it's a collective group of guys who um, they, they've all got a high expectation of what they can put out themselves as well as uh, how much fun you're going to have while doing it. And uh, I, 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 I got to say, man, I think you fit that mold pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I tried to, but, you know, going back to what you said, working with them, and a week like this, we kind of have a we have a goal of what we want to do, what we want to shoot, and what we want to come up with in the end. But there's so many different ways that you can put that together, and it all depends on like that's why you're not micromanaged because every person has a different eye for something different. I might see something different on the track than Wes or Jason or you or whoever, and it's like that is the spot that I'm going to shoot. That's the spot that I like. So I have, I have my spots on the track that I really like. I think they tell a good story and it, it kind of gives you a good angle. You get some good action and maybe like some cool style out of the riders, which is it's always nice to shoot. It makes it more fun. But like I said, there's just so many different ways that you can take the story of Loretta's or a, a, just a moto. Like we could talk one moto and there's so many different ways that you can put it together. And it's like, it, that's why you don't, you shouldn't micromanage something like this. You just kind of have to let, trust that person's creativity and let them find the best way to tell the story of that moto. And that's cool. But, you know, I know you did say, I definitely don't have a, like a telepathy to find out where Wes is. That was all text messages early in the week. I looked over and he was standing right next to me on the start. And I'm like, dude, we cannot, we can't do that. Like one of us has to be in the back. One of us gets the start and shoots the front and the finish line. The other one shoots like Storyland and the Commandments, and then there's like two doubles or whatever you want to call them. But so it's it's a little bit. There's definitely some communication there, barely, you know, because Wi-Fi sucks at Loretta's and there's no service. So, but yeah, I mean, we found that out obviously. So, well, uh, uh, maybe on your report card for Loretta's, it'll say plays well with others because you were (laughs) able to sort of uh, make that all sort of mesh together um certain areas of the track are are like they're better to film than others they show up better there you're gonna get like there's a couple those two doubles in a row or i guess it's like a tabletop into that long double um i find they don't have a name which is kind of weird what's that you know like everywhere on everywhere else has a name those two don't have a name like they don't have a name it's like storyline i guess because i think they change it's like they've been the same for as as long as i can remember but that's not really? very long so okay. fair enough well like i i'm like apparently storyland is named that and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i heard that like that's where the rigs used to be sort of like lined up over there and like that's where all of like the the campers and like the all the stories would come out like late nights this that and other thing so like when someone's explaining where the track, oh, you head off to Storyland. And that like, if you're heading out to the backside of the track, that's where everyone's parked. And in behind there is late at night when there's a bonfire or a collapsed, a collapsed easy up because of too much rain. Um, <laughs> there's uh, the, uh, the, the, the stories unfold. Um, and then you have the 10 commandments, which I, I actually need to talk to Davey Coombs as to how, like, when did they get that name? And when was like, what was the first year where that, that feature was on the track? Cause I doubt they were, it was always there. Um, but I don't know. 
No, I mean, just looking back at like how motocross tracks have evolved, there's, I feel like that probably wasn't there. And if it was there, it was a lot smaller, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the exact history of that. And I don't know the history of Storyland. I've heard a similar story to what you have, but uh, otherwise I can't, I'm not, I can't tell you otherwise. Fair enough. Well, um, yeah, you, you can't correct me cause I'm not wrong. Um, there was some great racing, honestly, like, I appreciate a sleep in as much as the next guy, but I I'll be completely honest. I would have been totally fine with seven days in a row of shaking myself out of bed at six 30, going to get, going to get some, uh, some like sunrise shots, uh, the hottest weather I could only imagine. And maybe like a couple of showers in the afternoon. Cause that's just what's expected. Um, I'm not going to say that I feel like I got shortchanged this year. Cause I always like, everyone's like, Oh, this is the most rain I've ever seen. All right. So I was there for that. But like, I always expect a little bit of rain, but uh, Loretta's did sort of rain on my parade a little bit. My first time there and having basically three straight days of, of rinse, lather, repeat. And I do mean rinse. Um, yeah. First thing in the morning, I, I think you was just thunderbolts i think you and, did you did get shortchanged you i think your experience was not what it should have been um i mean last year i think we may have gotten a little bit of rain but not anywhere near what we got this year but every morning we shot the first moto now that sucked after you know like some nights at the beer tent but it was cool because it, it put yourself into a good rhythm for the rest of the week where this year i think we got up for the first moto on Tuesday and that was it. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I think they, yeah, I think Wednesday was the first rain day. If I'm, I think they got the first moto in and then the next, I think it was Thursday, was Friday, Saturday. I can't remember honestly, cause it feels like there was everyday rain. Just that's how much yeah. rain that we got. It felt like every day was a rain day, unfortunately, but no, I think you did. Um, you did lose out on a little bit of the Loretta's experience because the racing was not, to the caliber it was last year. I mean, you can kind of tell that in the videos that we produced. I mean, everyone's muddy and you know how mud changes the motocross track. So, um, I mean, it does completely, it does make it a little bit exciting, but at the same time, you don't, you don't get to see everyone's true talent on the track. And that sucks. I mean, some guys excelled, but I think others struggled where they shouldn't have normally or wouldn't have normally on a, under normal conditions where we normally race like, you know, a, not necessarily a dry track, but one that's not completely slop and mud and just rained out and puddles everywhere. I mean, you saw how many puddles were out there. Well, there was I think you fell you and fell into one, right? I did. I did fell I fell yeah. in the tunnel. I fell on the side of the track. And then at that point I sort of just embraced it and I went like ankle deep the rest of the day, uh, like heading out towards Storyland where it was literally ankle deep. You couldn't do nothing about it. Um, I was running the 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 coveted socks and Crocs uh, combo. Those were my uh, my is, Crocs. Th those were your Crocs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your donation. <laughs> uh, I did. Ke I kept them for the most part clean. Like every time they got like completely filthy, they ended up going back into the creek to get uh, uh, a different version of rinse, lather, repeat. But um in the end, like the the one actually one crazy thing is like the one consistent thing is that uh, Daxton Benick ends up going one 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 in open pro sport. Obviously, we're not even going to talk about how two fifty pro sport went for him because it just didn't seem to be 
Like that he he woke up on the on the wrong side of the bed all three of those motos if I'm not mistaken like I think the last one was pretty short if maybe he had some more time he comes back a little bit further but regardless um yeah Daxon Benick uh he's your Horizon Award winner he went uh one, three for three on moto wins in uh, Open Pro Sport what'd you think I think it was pretty good I mean like like you said you kind of you can't really focus on that 250 Pro Sport I think. If I'm not mistaken, that second moto was one of the first or early mud motos of the week. Yeah. So they got two mud motos uh, out of that. Yeah, no, yeah, I think well, they both had two mud motos. If I'm not, I think both first motos were dry. I suppose so, yeah. And then all second motos, but that first 250 Pro Sport moto was one of the early mud motos of the entire week. So I, he did okay in the first one. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that one he kind of he kind of stalled out. Um, just around the top five but then once you start getting into mud motos like everything changes like i was saying you know you, the racing completely changes different people are going faster and faster people are going slower it's just kind of how the mud changes everything but i think it took him a little bit to adapt um and then once he did that's why i think that's why we saw the one 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 and in, in open pro sport i think he, he knew he was in the groove and he was ready to go because you look at that third 250 pro sport moto he was up there so um, I mean, a little bit different contenders, but still, I mean, he was there. It was really impressive to see him ride. I mean, I think we kind of all expected it. Yeah. And it was cool to see him come out and execute. And I'm glad to see him win the Horizon Award. I think he was very deserving of that. And uh, he's going to have a great career, honestly. Hey, like, uh, yeah, he's he's certainly stepping in the right direction. Um, the kid's got a good head on his shoulders and uh, and clearly a fast bike underneath him. I did talk to him about it on the, the in the interview we're about to play. Uh, about the differences between the bike he was racing on during that week and the bike that he raced not five days later at uh, Unadilla. And he said he actually had a hard time getting used to his his race 250, um, like the, the, the amateur bike, just because of how much different power-wise it was than the rate, like his full-bone pro race bike. Like it just like all the way through the rev, had has way more power on the pro bike so that's maybe something that he was adjusting to throughout the week but regardless he's able to get the job done in two in open pro sport how about we throw it to that interview right now with daxon benick with us not in studio he's in his car it's raining down cats and dogs outside of his car reminding him a lot about his last trip to loretta lynn's uh or at least uh before he turns pro full-time None other than Daxton Benick. Daxton, welcome to the Verb Moto Broadcast. Yeah, we're here, man. Uh, nothing different. Just like another day at Loretta's. <laughs> no kidding, man. It, it was like uh, Loretta's was sort of like Groundhog Day. And it was almost like two different Groundhog Days. The, fir the first part, hot in the morning, muggy all day. Practice was wild. Like that was maybe one of the roughest tracks I've ever seen in certain sections. Like they had that, the, the, the breaking bumps going into the billboard corner were like legit as legit gets like those things got big. And then first day of motos wasn't like that at all. And then the rains came by, by Thursday, it was just like rinse, lather, repeat of rain coming down and lots of tear offs. Um, yeah. Before we get to your official pro debut and Unadil and all that, let's spin the clocks back to a week weekend prior and, uh, and a weekend where you were able to nab the, uh, the horizon award and, uh, and and a three moto sweep in uh, open pro sport. Yeah, it was a good week for sure. Obviously, knowing that's my last week there, I wanted to make it good. And um, yeah, the weather was gnarly for sure. The first couple of days were pretty enjoyable. 
other than uh, that track gives me some bad arm pump. I really don't get arm pump, but it it was so rough. Like coming out of the corners, going into the corners, like nonstop bumps everywhere. So probably the I gotta say it's gotta be the roughest uh, Loretta's I I remember for sure. And I raced it last year on a big bike, and it I don't think it was nowhere near like that. So uh, it was really really rough. It made it fun though. Like you could jump the bumps there really good. So I had fun with it, and uh. Yeah, I mean, it was still, even though the motos weren't like pro motos, it was still pretty hard just with how rough it was. Fair enough. So, like, you'd ridden this track before on a big bike. Obviously, you've been there on every size of bike that you can imagine. What is it about your riding style this year, like things that you've sort of uh, corrected or different techniques that you've implemented that made riding the track different this year? Or maybe, like, was there a section you were like, hey, like, I'm doing this section better now because blank. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we obviously been working on some stuff at the farm, um, just some technique stuff. And I kind of put that into play at Loretta's and it helped a lot with the long ruts and the, uh, like how choppy it was, obviously. And my style is always like I'm taller. So I've always jumped the bumps pretty good. But honestly, at Loretta's, I could like just go out and have fun and just be creative because it, I mean, at least when I got a whole shot, I could do that. I lay down a couple good laps and I can just go jump the bumps and like still go fast. So it was a lot of fun. And it, I feel like I actually learned a lot more than I thought I would learn at Loretta's. Like I thought, you know, maybe I wouldn't learn much, but I really did because uh, how rough it was. And we also featured you in one of the episodes of Radio Fox. That must have been pretty cool. Uh, I think you're one of the only non-Fox uh, supported riders that were on there. That's got to be a tip of the cap to you. Um, what, what was it like sitting in there with uh, with Kevin Kelly and uh, and Weege, uh mixing it up with the boys a little bit? Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot more of uh, Jason Wygant going forward. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Those guys are pretty funny, so they got jokes forever. <laughs> I feel like that's all there was the whole interview, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I didn't even watch my – like, I didn't watch the interview back yet, but – my dad was in there too, and he was making like before it started. He was making like funny comments, and I was actually graduating like that same night, so I was like trying to hurry up with that because uh, well, I didn't really want to go to the graduation, but my mom did a lot of my schoolwork, so yeah, I had to be there for. <laughs> no kidding, yeah, no, I, I saw you in the cap and gown. That was a proud moment as well. Radio Fox was mixed in there. Um, yeah, like it, it was a, it was a wild week, week in general at, uh, at Loretta's my first week there, la your last week, uh, ever. Um, yeah, the motos were, were like, you're really strong in open pro sport, 250 pro sport. I don't think, I think that like, there's more than a couple of motos you probably wish you could have had back, especially the ones that are a little bit dry. Um, like, is there anything you sort of pinpoint? Like there was that one particular one where I think you were ended up fifth and sort of just stayed there a little bit, what were you dealing with? And on top of the, like, the sort of the arm pump thing, like I, one of the things I noticed about that track is that you never have a moment to sort of like regroup. The The straightaways are short, yeah. the corners are tight. Um, I think that would be like a, a an arm pump manufacturer, honestly, because you never really get a chance to um, to, to really rest. In, in, aside from that one big, like the one long double heading into that sweeping corner, which you're basically just landing that to completely flat. Like, like shout out to your suspension guy, because you can literally hear the, the tires go clack every single lap. It was wild. Yeah. That track was really tough. I mean, 
there's literally no rest. And like, like you said, even the big jump, you just land in the flat. So it's like pretty hard on your body every single lap. But uh, they're actually doing a jump uh, right after the first sand section, like some wall jump. There was like a wall jump and then there was like a couple of bumps. I think some people were jumping that. But I never jumped that. Like, I literally did not care to jump that. I saw Cochran jump that. I'm like, I don't know if that's faster, but that is cool. (laughs) Yeah, I jumped it last year, like, all the time. But this year, I don't know why. I just never jumped it. So, I mean, I was still got the job done. So, I don't really care. Fair enough. But uh, so like getting back to some of those 250 pro sport motos, like what what do you feel is it was that sort of hindered you in that class in comparison to open pro sport where you were pretty dominant? Yeah, I, I would say I really just had that one bad moto where I just like you said, was pretty uh, stuck. And I just the only thing is, is I got arm pumped super bad that moto and I've never really had it that bad. I literally felt like I had it second lap. Uh, it was really weird but um that was kind of my only bad moto and then i had a another moto in that class where um it was a little muddy and i started like 20th and i got back to second and uh i literally was like four or five seconds down from the lead so i rode that was probably actually my best ride even though i didn't win but um and it it was cut two laps so i think if i had like the full moto i could have got the job done for sure but um, yeah, I feel like that one moto was only the bad moto, but every other moto, I feel like I rode pretty good. And that, obviously we had that one really muddy moto in the 250 pro sport, uh, the last moto and it was, um, it was just mud. I don't even know. Like my seat was so slick. I would sit down and I would slide off the back of my bike. So I just kind of did what I could, honestly. It's a mud moto. Like, honestly, uh, you can't really take a lot from the the results from those races. Obviously, uh, some guys go better in the mud. Some guys don't. Um, And yeah, like it's just uh, it's just the way it goes sometimes. But um, yeah, solid. You're you got to be proud to have that uh, Horizon Award winner, uh, which honestly, like there's it's almost like the Madden cover at this point. As far as like sometimes guys get it and like that's like the almost it's like a, it's almost like a curse. And then some guys get it and they take with it and they, they run with it. Um, the Horizon Award, does that add pressure to you or does that give you some confidence rolling into the pros? Um, honestly, uh, confidence for sure. But, the you know, I will say Bobby brought this up this weekend. Like most of the kids that win the Horizon Award, like never like see them ever again really like there are some people that have won it that are really good but you know winning the horizon award doesn't it's a cool it's a cool trophy to have for sure but it, there's obviously a lot more important things to go do and that's just you know your amateur career so uh, I, I had a little pressure you know because i had to back it up like yeah i won but I'm, I'm still gonna be good in the pros so um backing that up this weekend with the ninth overall was pretty cool Fair enough. Yeah, you don't want to be known for your amateur career, especially if it happens to be better than how you do in the pros. Um, this wasn't the first time uh, you're racing a national. We saw you come out for Red Bud and uh, in the B practice, just absolutely center, and you get the first uh, uh, first uh, time at your first overall national. That was pretty wild as far as uh, time qualifying goes. Uh, you're in A practice for this last weekend, um, and uh, honestly, two really solid motos, aside from the tip over in the first moto uh strong um what were your main takeaways from this last weekend heading into red Bud? um i would say the track was i feel like i learned so much every weekend of pros because the the track just i've never i've never been to unadilla so that was my first time and uh it was 
it was uh, pretty crazy. I, it was funny in qualifying. I felt like I was like going fast, but I had a terrible, like terrible time. So, um, yeah, I struggled a lot with the track and qualifying. And by the time Moto One came around, I kind of figured it out and put it together. And I was moving forward pretty good. And then I, I ended up crashing two to go. But, um, yeah, I'm, and then Moto Two, obviously, I came out and uh, I went from around thirteenth or fourteenth to ninth, and I was I was happy on that ride. I had Hayden breathing down my neck a little bit, and uh, it kind of kept me honest. So it was good. No kidding. Yeah, these are star bikes everywhere, whether it's the 450 class, 250 class. And you got like half your team is uh, is not even on the track right now with uh, with Smith and uh, and Romano still out. Um, now, you guys got some fire breathing engines over there and you, you make your, your voices heard. Um, like as far as like you just riding your race and, and going out there to just like what's your approach to these nationals? Obviously, Bobby, he's going to put some pressure on you because that's kind of his his M.O., um but you as a racer you got to go out there and just kind of ride your ride let things come to you a little bit and when it comes to unadilla you got to stay in the same rut for about i don't know 20 minutes at a time yeah it, it was gnarly for sure uh those ruts were crazy i mean i've never heard anything like the ruts being that long for sure like we land off the sky shot and you you land you probably go like 50 feet and then you have a rut from that down that hill almost like starting to go up the next hill so it was tricky, really tricky, and I feel like it helped my balance a lot. So now we go back to normal ruts. I, I feel like I should be a lot better. Fair enough. Yeah, Buds Creek should be a track. That, like, I've, for, for everyone I've heard, uh, the soil there, not totally uh, different than what you'll find in Florida. So you might have a little bit of a leg up. Obviously, that's where you yeah. train. Um, just speaking a little bit about the the transition from pros to – or from amateur to pro – um have you and your old man had like a little moment of the sort of like almost like this is a kind of a passing of the torch is like all of that hard work whether it's p-dubs 50s 65s 80s super minis like it's such a journey and like of course like your dad's still going to be around he's like i don't know if he's going to be as involved with your program as he has been in previous years but like uh have you have the two of you guys had a little moment where you sort of talk about uh like just this this transition and, and what you're about to uh embark on? I don't want to make it sound too big, but it is a kind of a big moment. Yeah, for sure. Like it was uh it kind of hit pretty hard. Like the last motor at Loretta's he was packing my gate, and I just thought that's probably the last time he'll, I know he'll ever pack my gate. So it was cool. Uh hopefully someone got a picture of that. If they do, send it to me. But um yeah, I mean that was a cool moment just kind of thinking about i mean since i was on a 50 he's like the best skate packer ever so uh <laughs> that's kind of my key to my whole shots in the amateurs but um yeah for sure i mean he's still obviously really involved and he he will be at, like at every pro race with me and still tells me like lines and things i can do better so um he's still obviously a really big part of my like career and everything like he comes down and watches me ride at the farm sometimes so it, it doesn't feel that much of like a transition because he's still really involved and i want him to be we have a good relationship like that so i feel like that's good and and i wouldn't really want it to be like weird you know so fair enough absolutely no good to keep dad involved and good to see that that relationship is strong um your goals for out the rest of these nationals and then uh i'm sure as soon as uh, the smx playoffs start i assume you won't have enough points or maybe you will uh to to participate in those races um what are, what are your goals for throughout the rest of 2023 and then uh then it's focusing on uh most likely either west or east coast supercross 
for next year? Well, I actually went from 40th to 34th in the Super Motocross points um, this weekend. So I only need to be top 30, and that's only like 15 more points or something. And that's pretty that's pretty. I like your chances. As long as I can get – yeah, I mean, I, I think all I can – I mean, if I did another – if I did two more top 10s, I think I should be in no problem. But yeah. I think the top 30 gets you to like an LCQ. But yeah, um, top twenty is like guaranteed. But yeah, I mean, as long as I, I really want to be able to race those those rounds because it would kind of be like a warm up for the super, like the start of the Supercross season. Yeah, a little bit of a transition. You'll go from nationals to SMX to uh, right in, into Supercross. Um, it we're way too far in advance to even be thinking about uh, either East Coast or West Coast. But if I had to guess, I would assume they'd probably give you a little bit more time to prepare. And, uh, and 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 turn you loose uh, when the series goes east. Yeah, uh, we obviously, like you said, it's pretty pretty soon to really know. But um, I don't really care what I ride. I mean, I'm I honestly always been like good on soft dirt, but at the farm now, all we ride it's more hard pack. So I'm I feel like pretty confident on hard pack and more ruts. So. Uh, I feel like if they want to send me west, then I'm ready to go. So it's up to them. Yeah. Hey, like uh, where, wherever we're, we're racing, Daxton Penix racing. Um, what do you work on week to week, man? Like uh, obviously, like you're 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 a great rider, you're a great great racer, and you've got uh, probably some race wins in your future. But um, there's always work to be done, things to learn, uh, and ways you can pick up time here and there. What do you work on week to week in in order to uh, like lock down different techniques, things you can get better at, uh, bad habits that you're breaking? Yeah, just techniques. We work on technique stuff, and obviously we do motos too. So, um, the mental side's a big part of it, and I try and uh, get that as strong as I can because it'll help obviously on a race day. But it's good to practice with the the guys I'm around because it does give me confidence, and like I do know I can run that speed. So. We just need to get the starts down because that's been my problem. Um, my starts are okay at the farm, but I don't know what happens on race day. But we're just gonna gonna keep trying to get them better, and um, it, it makes me look forward to racing next weekend because I want to like keep trying to get better at the starts. So I believe uh, a good start would would go a long way for sure. Well, certainly, like yeah, you said your dad can't pack your gate anymore because now they're made out of metal. Um, what's the, been the transition like for you? Obviously you've been practicing on those back at the, at the, the farm. Like they, I'm sure they have something, if not the exact same, but very similar. Um, like, uh, what, like, how's it, how's the transition been like for that? As far as starting on the grades, do you like it? Uh, does it affect your technique? Uh, I think I like it better. It's, it's better, obviously, like, for, it's if consistent. you don't have a great gate pick, then it helps. It's very consistent, yeah. Like, you still got to look outside the gate, obviously, but my biggest advantage was, like, my gate. Like, before the gate was really good always, but um, it's okay. I mean, we'll figure it out. I got the fastest bike out there, so, I mean, I there should be go. able to get whole shots. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, well, hopefully you're able to get that this weekend at uh, at Bud's Creek. Um Jackson, always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Um, I know you got a ton of great sponsors and, and people who support you, especially throughout the amateur career. Um, before I let you go, give me uh give me a, a fond memory of your amateur career and uh and thank some sponsors for me if you could. 
Yeah, I would just say, um, oh shoot, can you see me? I'm getting a call. You're good. Can you still, you can hear me. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, I would just say being at the ranch every year, be, hanging out with my family. That's like my best memory. Just being there with my family and spending time with them. Obviously, like off the track is almost just as cool as on the track. So that was uh some things that obviously that I'll remember forever. And then uh just yeah, I'd like to thank my team, my mom, my dad. My whole family actually came to Loretta's this year for my last one, so it was cool. And um yeah, I mean there's a lot of people behind the scenes that help help me out. And uh yeah, thank you. Awesome, man. Well, um best of luck to you. Thanks for making time for Verb Moto here on a Monday. You have yourself a great rest of your day. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. And there he goes, uh, Dax. Appreciate him coming on the show, man. Honestly, uh, great to talk to him. Uh, he was heading off to dinner. Uh, thanks to him for like holding his phone super still on his uh, <laughs> steering wheel while we did that one. I think the rain was also teeming down. The, the rain that from uh, from Loretta has followed him to wherever he's at now in Florida, I guess, at the, at the, the goat farm. And he was heading out to dinner with the boys. Uh, but uh, good to hear from him. Um yeah, let's uh let, let's talk a little bit uh like let's talk Wade Wade Rayner. Let's talk about uh Brad Gebhardt here uh with Verb Moto. Uh let's dig into that a little bit as to I'm, I'm sure at some point people are probably wondering who the hell is this Canadian kid that has no not- noticeable accent unless you talk about hacky. Um and uh and like that pops up on my verb feed all uh, every once in a while. Also on my the Instagram stories that uh, was probably uh, either like I I, I might have bombarded the story the story a little bit on the the last four or five days of uh, of Loretta's, but that's what I do. It worked, right? It did. Oh, I it, mean, like the numbers, the engagement, the numbers the engagement. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> the engagement. Um, but uh, we also got to get to the bottom of how like how how you came to be yeah. with Verb. I here's my take on it. I would assume that like you were filming slash like chasing butterflies out in the meadows of some east coast track and and you were like you're you're catching like chasing after butterflies and you like thought you'd caught one and you bumped into Wes williams and Uh. Wes was like hi who are you you're like i'm wade who are you and i'm i'm wes and like hey do you want to make videos together and you're like sure how is it is it similar to that or i mean kind of the the butterfly might have been like the instagram dms if that's what you want to call it but no i mean i was sliding right in no i was i was shooting here on the east coast buds creek tomahawk um pretty much anywhere pleasure valley up in pennsylvania whatever pennsylvania track we went to that weekend all my buddies were racing but there was a regional at tomahawk i think it was a vet regional whatever they had it was the year that everything started to get split up. And I said, I just hit up West and I said, Hey man, like I'm going to shoot. This is my local track. If you want anything, give me a shout, let me know. So I go shoot the whole weekend, uh, put a little bit of something, something together and they ended up posting it. People liked it, I guess. And I guess everyone at Verb liked it, which worked out. Cause then the next week West calls and he says, Hey man, I'm going to Pastrana's house on Thursday are you free? And I'm pretty sure that I had to work that day and had something pretty important going on. But uh, yeah, I canceled that and I went to Pastrana's house and that was pretty much how everything got started. 
I went and worked with Wes. We did a, it was a Red Bull commercial for Travis. It was like right as he was exiting Red Bull before he moved to Black Rifle. Okay. Um, so, so that this was is cool, a while ago, obviously. though. He, he's been with Black Rifle for three or four years now? Um, I want to say it was it was about three years ago. Uh, no, no, it was it was not. It was a little over two years ago. Okay. Uh, my timeline was a little bit mixed up there because it was right before my son was born. Because right after that, I got flown out of Bud's Creek after I knocked myself silly um, for a few minutes. So they flew me out, and then uh, a couple weeks later, my son was born. So it was kind of wow terrible timing on that part. But so it but goes no, then I... Pastrana, son <laughs> being born. Flown out of Bud's Creek, you know. Flown, but I get, flown get a out cool of Bud's Creek. Dude, you're heading cool back to Bud's Creek ride. this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's where everyone's headed. I think everyone I know is going there. So, but uh, I think there might be a few surprise guests, if you know what I'm talking about. Like a complete a parade of, of, of amateur kids that'll be racing? I think a, a parade of people under Daniel Blair is what it sounds yes. like. Like, he's literally, he's marching in. I don't even see it. Like, he's going to have, like, a staff. And like you know how like the Pied Piper with the with the uh, the mice behind him, it'll be it's just gonna just be like... a big Austra- Austrian flag, and you yeah, it has KTM Husky and Gas Gas on it. That's right. Like uh, I did like, however, they're like the the team gear or like the the manufacturer wear stuff. They now have like basically it was almost like a flag on the back where it's like orange, white, red, I think, or orange, blue, and red. Orange, blue, and red. I think it's blue. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And basically, like those are the three colors, obviously. And uh, yeah. yeah, like they're they they fly the flag and they have the, the thing on the front and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be Mark Finnis, it'll be um, Casey Cochran. Uh, who else? Uh, Bomer. Uh, oh, Bomer, Bomer, like th- those three, th- those are your three heavy hitters, obviously. Yeah, those, uh, are, those are the three I was kind of talking about. It, I think seeing Casey come straight out of B class to lining up for a promoto is going to be pretty legendary though. Like watching him at Loretta's dude. I mean, he was throwing down. He was special. Sorry. Yeah. I think if, if that didn't happen, I think there would have been a different story and how many titles Casey Cochran walked away with. Definitely. No, absolutely. That like the, uh, as someone who's dislocated a shoulder, I was blown away that, uh i've had both shoulders come out i ain't racing the next day ain't no ha- ain't no way it's happening <laughs> no, I've, I've tried no. six days afterwards it popped out again and i was like no i need to go like and that that's something that I'm, I'm actually surprised he's coming out for a couple of nationals and not just going and getting that sucker fixed because yeah, me too me too honestly i think there might be a, a doctor visit between then and now so i think mm-hmm. that might be the the real story if we don't see him line up we'll know that might be why uh yeah. could be other reason i'm not going to speculate but um i know I, I would imagine there should be a doctor visit this week to see what's really going on if it has to be fixed it's no better time than now certainly like if you sublex a shoulder it can come out i just think like because he was so confident that i'll be he'll be able to come out tells me this is a reoccurring thing and you can't like you you can't just fake shoulder injuries like they, they just keep coming back just ask enzo lopes about it ask me about it um i was like a ken doll at one point my left shoulder <laughs> it was just like i could put it back in like I, it would come out while i'm riding and i'd put it back in on the bike um and it was yeah horrible um but this is but, i mean speaking of about. you know hmm. speaking of injuries i mean i you obviously have ridden for a while so i mean 
lot of these people don't necessarily know you. So why don't, I mean, why don't, let's hear your history of where you've been and, you. and how you got here. Okay. Well, um, we got to like spin the clocks back. Maybe even further than when I slid into Wes's DMs, although I had an e- I had an email already. Um, but uh, so I started Big MX Radio back in 2014, uh, essentially on the heels of an email that I had sent to uh, Steve Mathis of Pulp MX. Is like he's from Manitoba, I'm from Manitoba uh, at the time. Uh, back in 2013, the only podcasts that really existed were DMXS and Steve. And I was fine. I was kind of coming up to this problem all the time where there just wasn't a lot of content there. He had at that time, Steve did the wrap up show, like his re- the, the, the re- review show. He did podcasts randomly with like old pros and stuff like that. Very at that point, he'd started doing them very kind of sparsely. And then he would do the pulp show. And so if you're a loyal listener by like no later than Wednesday, you're caught up. You got nothing else to listen to. So I figured if I'm running into that problem, everyone's running into that problem. Like I'm going to start my own thing. So I, uh, and he sort of encouraged me to like, kind of uh, like kind of do my own thing and and maybe do some Canadian stuff. And uh, like, I do do a fair bit of Canadian content, but uh, as far as what moves the needle, it's American stuff. It's uh, it's motocross on a global scale. And uh, the world watches the United States when it comes to motocross this is the way it is. Um, so yeah, I started doing the podcast. I had Wes on, uh, back in 2016, uh, when I was just around three or 400 shows. And then I talked to Wes back in 2000, I think it was either 2019 or 20 when I was like, you guys got to bring verb back. Like it's, it's gotta like, it, it sort of like, it was what it was and it was awesome and things were flowing. And then sort of like things sort of crumbled slowly over time you guys need to like bring it back and he's like that's funny because we've actually been talking about it this is actually happening um so Wes actually used my podcast as like the first official like this is verb coming back uh we offered some like some giveaways for some videos like epic and this that and the other thing and that was sort of my first like front of foot in the door talking to Wes and like that open line of communication so off I go, continuing on, COVID happens. I stopped going to some races because uh, it was just not feasible to go for a while. The Canadian border was closed. They were like, no Bradley Bear at any dirt bike races in the States, period, for quite some time. I was I was pretty broken up about it. But uh, in the meantime, we went back to school and uh, learned a little bit about business. Uh, smash cut to this last January when like I'm toiling with the podcast, Big MX Radio, it does make it makes some money. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like we had some sponsors, Race Tech. You probably heard about them, um, as well as like we got SKDA, um, like uh, W Guts Racing. Um, wow, this, this sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, Heartbeat Hot Sauce and uh and lux on mx lux on mx uh use big mx to uh, save 10 percent with their website but uh i was like i'm only gonna get x amount big completely by myself like and i was washing dry i was i take the video i would take videos i would edit my own videos in whatever application i had on my phone um all my social media like when you see a social media post with big mx radio i'm doing it i'm editing it i'm posting it i'm writing the caption all that 
Um, and I just like, I didn't have the bandwidth to grow any bigger than I was. And so I essentially called, like emailed Wes and I was like, dude, like I do this, I do that. Like, I can write, I can do podcasts. I can do this, that, anything. Uh, I want to do it for Verb. And I feel like I'm, I'm a broken record here, but he's like, dude, we've already talked about it. You're in. Like, I guess at some point he had talked, like he had talked to Chase and Brent, uh, like there's this kid from Canada. We want to start doing podcasts. He already does the podcast. Bring him like, in. Yeah. Just bring like, he's plug and play. And uh, like, obviously he already does his own thing. So he's pretty, doesn't need to be like kind of coddled along. He already, he's already doing it. So just have him do it for us. Um, and I would honestly, like, if there's a, like, if Mr. McWilliam, who was my high school English teacher ever found out that I got paid to write something and it got published in on a on a website um yeah he would he would fall flat on on the floor he would he would die laughing uh because that that was not in the cards for me in high school but uh yeah i basically got my start with verb by uh, by writing race reports for uh freestone this last year and that was really cool they basically like uh, put some like oh, yeah like write something for us we'll see if it's any good essentially and they ran it um and then they invited me to uh, to world mini and like I got like like between my construction background and the podcast side of things and me just wanting to sort of impress and make sure that my eyes were dotted teaser crossed I hit it off with, the, with those boys and I think you're sort of cut from that same cloth is that like down and dirty whether it's setting up awnings or going to get that right shot or like taking care of business whatever that happens is duties as assigned we get shit done that's the way verb works and uh yeah like I it was it I kind of got along great with those guys from the word go. And it's, uh, it has been an honestly a dream come true, man. Um, like I always, I tell Wes all the time, like that guy changed my life twice. Like <laughs> I was serious. I, 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 like, I, that is as, as like, that, that sounds huge and it's and ridiculous, but it's true. Like I was that kid in high school that like, I was the only kid that went that liked moto in my whole high school. Like I don't, I, I grew, I'm, I'm from Canada. Um, I don't know. I probably lot, left that part out of the long story, but I'm from Canada. And um, like, I was the only kid that even had anything to do with dirt bikes, let alone raced. So like, I didn't have anyone to talk about this with. And that was right in around the time where we had our computer labs and I would be on verb all day long, opening up windows media player and just playing edit after edit, after edit, after edit. Um, like Justin Barsha just banging the rev limiter off on the 250F or Nico Izzy on super minis and stuff like that. Like that was my bread and butter. And I just, I became enthralled with it. Like I was, I was always a fan, but I like it went to the next level thanks to Wes's content. And I was able to just consume it over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, so that created the, the love for the sport and me wanting to get like, the reason why I'm good with the podcast is just, I just have this moto knowledge that's kind of on tap at all times uh kind of like i'm sure some rain man a little bit of autism thrown in there as well um which kind of helps i'm using it as my superpower um but regardless uh yeah like that's sort of springboard me doing what i do and then he changed my life again when he basically gave me the uh, the green light and said hey we want to come work with you so or you want you to come work with us so um yeah, from what I've seen, uh, I mean, let you get been... a word in edgewise, but uh, that's my no, story. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've been a good fit, obviously. And I think you said something that ties back to what you we were talking about earlier, and it's like, what's it like working for Verb? And it's one of those things where it's just like, whether it's shooting, you write, I shoot, but at the same time, like last year, 
I help set up the tent. Like I'm not afraid to do it. I, I think at one year, the verb classic, I pulled like hundreds of track markers out of the ground. And I mean, it's just yeah. like, it's stuff like that that you just do. You don't, you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty. And that's what makes you fit in. And that's what uh, people like Wes and Chase and Brent and all them really recognize. And that's, it's maybe if you're not there yet, they can get you there, but it's the willingness to work hard and, and grind and, and be there when those dudes need it. So. Yeah, no, it's uh, like the the work ethic is maybe the most important piece when it comes to working and, and fitting in with this group. And then uh, it also happened. It also helps if you may have grow, bro, uh, grown up on uh, mini warriors videos and uh, and happen to like uh, aggressive punk music um, blaring morning, noon and night. Um, so let's, let's sort of like, like, I'm going to like kind of volley these, these questions back to you a little bit. Um, like the content that you're able to create, and we kind of joked about it a little bit on a wrap up of, uh, like, uh, I, I had said that you like your, the pic, the, the video and the, the shots you were able to capture, I was pretty impressed. And honestly, like I, I might not be the, um, the most well-versed and, and like, what makes a good shot but i know it when i see it it's one of those things where like um there's a famous uh quote like i i i can't just i can't define pornography to you but i know it when i see it <laughs> um and yeah like when i i could see that you were getting better at your craft throughout the week and it was really encouraging to see and i think that kind of comes just along with like when you work with verb you want to f your game up period that's what that's how you want to operate things and you were able to do exactly that um, but before you get good at something, you got to start, where does that story start for you as far as capturing, like, I'm sure it was photos before it was video. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much, I feel like every, uh, person who operates a camera now has a very similar story, but, uh, my mom had a DSLR growing up through high school, playing high school sports, surfing, stuff like that. I mean, I wasn't super big in the moto. I mean, I knew I could tell you who the people were, but you know, and who your stars were, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to the races and following it every single weekend, but either way, like, you know, I took the camera. Uh, I really enjoyed trying to learn how to learn something new and learn how to use it when I realized that like, I'm not going to be a professional athlete of any nature. So um, it's like, I still want to be involved, but it kind of snowballed from there. And then once I got my license and got into cars, you know, I started taking pictures of cars and then it's just, different sports snowboarding wakeboarding surfing just everything that i was involved in and then it switched over to moto and it, that's pretty much you go pretty much wide open to that and it's yeah once you're in there's no going back pretty much but i end up getting hurt actually and breaking my wrist and that's when i kind of decided that i wanted to try some video because we were about to go to daytona and i couldn't ride so i didn't want to be bored out of my mind and just drinking beer so took the camera, switched it to video and pretty much just sent it. A couple of people liked it. And then it was just like, all right, maybe I, I'm like kind of good at this. And, and there was quite a few people that said, they were like, dang, this is pretty good. You know, how long you've been doing this and hadn't, you know, just started, but taught myself pretty much all the programs. And then, like I said earlier, you know, when you meet Wes and all these guys and you start working with them and just being around them, it, it helps up the game a lot. And, when you shoot for a week straight, like you do at Loretta's, I mean, it's, you're naturally going to get better with practice. And I hadn't really shot that much this year because I broke my femur, obviously, you know, we had talked about that previously, but um, 
you know, what you guys were all at World Mini and I'm stuck at home looking at videos that they're shooting and trying to help edit, trying to write and, you know, just using my time as valuable as I could, which really wasn't super valuable at the time, but we got through it. But, you know, it, it was cool to, I shot um, High Point earlier this year and Southwick and I, I just kind of used that as a warm up for Loretta's because I knew it was going to be a gnarly week. But, you know, it's just, it's all practice and getting better and repetition, you know, just reps in your laps and trust the process. Trusting that process. Uh, that, that is the, the name of the game, man. See, I find myself in a, like this, like constantly, especially when I'm at the track, like I, I want to be in front of the camera because I love riding and I love some, some cool shots of me doing my thing. And I, I'd like to think that I, I know my way around a dirt bike uh, fairly well. Uh, especially my KX 125 got that thing running today, but at the same time, I, I more often than not, unless I actually had someone that had like some photography knowledge or was kind of like, that's what they did taking, taking the photos. Like it, like I was like, ah, give me the camera. I'll, I'll take the photos. And that like, if you're behind the camera, you can't be in front of it. Um, yeah. So I often find myself like my, the coolest photos of anybody riding on my phone or the ones that I take are always the ones that I took, not pe what people took of me, um, which is fine. Uh, like I, I've kind of come come to terms with uh, like I'm going to have to maybe just like actually do some riding around you guys in order to like really you guys uh, take for uh, like I take my word for that. I actually uh, half decent at riding a dirt bike, but um I love the photography side of things. I love the videography side of things. Uh, I think it's such a neat way. Um, like motocross is such a spectacular sport visually and, and, and audibly like it has the sounds. Like, honestly, when it comes to motocross videos, all you're missing is the smell. Like if you could sort of have like an aromatherapy, like two stroke thing going on. And like, if, if you could bottle that, you might actually sell right the hell out. But um, like, creating amazing video can captivate people in such a way that will, will make them go out there and, and kind of bring themselves closer to the sport. I think that that's one of the things I love most about like Wes's content and verb moto period is that they were like long form, high quality video a thousand years before it became what it is now. Like honestly, like social media wise posting photos is so 2018 it's it's got to be short it's got to be video and it's got to be it's so funny people always used to give you shit about uh, uh taking uh video in yeah uh, vertical in vertical vertical and then now vertical, like, they, yeah. like like if you put your phone on the side you're like what are you doing that's like what are you doing um yeah i, I tested a, a video in uh yeah like horizontal 16 by 9 versus mm -hmm. a similar video 9 by 16 which is your vertical and it's just, it's a night and day difference. People don't want to turn their phone sideways. It, it kind of sucks because you lose so much space that you can tell a story or like, right? you know, create something more, more beautiful almost in a sense. Like it, it kind of sounds weird to say that, but you get a lot more scenery when you're, you're horizontal on it. And that can help make a video and, and set the scene for what you're, what you're doing and what you're talking about or what, well, what's happening. 
And that's why I think uh, Verb just does, absolutely crushes it on the YouTube side of things. Like whether it's the vlogs where I end up looking uh, like a whale going into the creek. I got to lose 30 pounds. Don't talk about it. Uh, or uh, some of like the Platinums from back in the day and stuff like that. That stuff was iconic. Um, speaking of motocross videos, and you mentioned earlier, not just a few minutes ago, that like you didn't just grow up on like following it like as closely as you probably could with the other thing like I did, like I hung off of every result, every article, this, that, anything. Uh, you had a little bit of a different story, but I still have to ask you like, we're like verb is motocross videos through and through back to front, whether it's Epic or war machines or anything else that Wes put out. Uh, I, 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 I'm expecting you to put one of those on the list just so our boss is kind of happy about things, but I need, probably should, more, right? Your, we should probably put one on there and honestly like probably. epic deserves to be on there regardless no it 100 um, percent does and it, it will give me a rush i know where you're going i know where you're going with this so uh yeah but no epic does deserve to be on there i think it should be on pretty much everyone's um but being from maryland naturally revelation 199 is going to be the top dog baby i mean that's that's top dog for me um and then I would say Mini Warriors 4, uh, the one with Eli Tomac when he was on like a 65. Uh, is that the one that where just, he like hunts down? He was like, like real dorky, in, like a, a cowboy and all that. Yeah, it was that. that's awesome to me. I love it. Like it was, it was cheesy, but it worked so well. And that's, I mean, that was like his personality, you know, growing up. And like I said, I wasn't necessarily, didn't know everything about photo back in the day, but I mean, to see such a star now, in that setting as a young kid when he's 10 or 12 or whatever, you know, that's well, probably younger than that. If he's on a 65. Like there, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. So that's three video. Uh, it's going to be between four people Circus. on Mount Rushmore. Just so you're aware. I know that's why I, I'm at three. So it's going to be between Nitro Circus two naturally again. Um, if you can count that one or, the great outdoors 10 maybe uh, i think it had like dungey the lapoto um yep. ten, and, 10 is uh, the year of 2011 when i think it was 2011 uh, yeah yeah uh I, those troy Adamas videos are are pretty legendary honestly i missed that dude i wish he would make another all. one but got yeah i mean that's i i I really like that one. I think I've seen that one the most out of all of the great outdoors movies. Um, yeah, it's just something about that, that Dungy Filippoto and all those dudes like right around that era. I, I kind of liked it, honestly. It was different, you know? Yeah, no, I loved all of the great outdoors. I would watch those. Like uh, when it came to the motocross videos, every single year for Christmas, my dad would get me the uh, great outdoors. And then rolling into some like summer, I would get one more, and it would be the Great Outdoors Greatest Hits or like the special edition. So yeah. I have all of them, and I would play them over and over and over and over. Uh, the actually the only one I don't have is the special edition of the second one, and I feel like that one's really hard to come by. I don't even know if they really did one because I've like I've I seen. I don't know. I've, I've never seen, seen it, it to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one, but. You know, let's let's go back on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Top verb videos. 
Top okay. Burp videos. Uh, super minis go to um, <laughs> go Stu's. to Stu's house. Yeah, go does to the, the does, does Stu's heli shoots count as a verb video, or is that a Red Bull shoot? I mean, technically, because we know who shot it. <laughs> but we know who shot a lot of Red <laughs> Bull stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like so, it's oh, so oh, funny actually wa- watching watching Red Bull stuff now. I see I see Crane's fingerprints all over it. I'm like, oh, that's that's a Crane shot. Like all yep. day, that's a Crane shot. Uh, but no, if, if you're gonna go verb specific. I'm gonna go if we're doing a rushmore, so four super minis go to uh go to uh Stu's the verb platinum. Uh the Which like one? for uh for Barsha. Barsha's platinum, uh, especially because naturally. knowing that at the time Wes was like like hurting and like as hungover <laughs> as he's ever been during that shoot. Yep. yep. Um uh oak hill edit from 2000 i don't know like what video it is specifically but from 2007 when it's i think it yeah it's, it would have been oak hill 2007 when hill and uh canard were still 250s that was like epic and then uh i'm gonna go mud dolphin at where is that is that I'm not Ponka. Where did the mud dolphin then, do its thing? I think there was multiple mud dolphin sightings, which I need yeah. to be another. But I do. There's like one main video where that features the mud dolphin. I'm gonna go with. It was that. one of the. It was one of the Texas races. Yeah, I don't remember I think which it's Whitney. one specifically. Like yeah, I think you might be right. I don't remember which one specifically, but side note, hard to... complete side note. I want to see white bibs come back at Loretta's. And I think after the muddiest race, the muddiest Loretta's ever, we should have white bibs. They would be brown. Like this year, they That's would fine. have been brown the first day. That's fine. For most people. I want them yeah. back. I don't know. I like the little bit of stylistic element they had going on last year. A little bit this year. I think it's kind of cool. A little bit different, but I don't mind. I like the nostalgia of white come back. What about you? I would agree. Give me a rush more for verb videos. I mean, Barsha Platinum, obviously. Yeah. That one's hard to beat. Um, Jimmy D whipping them at South of the Border. Yeah. Love that video. Um, some of those uh, Danny Stu edits are pretty legendary. Um, Did Danny Stu not do the video at 207 that basically like resurrected Jimmy D's career? He must have. Uh, he had to, yeah, because that's a show. Yeah, like the, the two-stroke edit where, like, basically, like, for those who don't remember, Jimmy D, like, hot, hot shot amateur, gets a Geico deal, and then kind of fizzled out number 66 on a on a Geico dual can uh, 250F. And basically, like, he didn't get a ride. I think he, he either got hurt at the end of his ride and then just didn't get anything. And then the next summer, he, like, just did a CR125. I think he it was from the money that he won at K-Rock. And he buys his 125 and basically puts himself back on the map. I want to say it was 2011 uh, of him just like wide open on a, on a 125. So CR 125. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then there was, um, um, what was the, there, there was another two stroke video at 207. Cause that one's going to be my rush bar. I just can't remember the name of it. 
I think it was like one of the burn blasting ones or something like that. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was burn blast. And, and then I can't remember who was in it. I just remember wide open two strokes and it's, it's a super epic video. So that one's going to be up there. And then my last one will be Loretta's 2013, the mud video, mainly because I know the guys in it and like they're local to me. So the dude with mm-hmm. the overalls and the, the, the beer goggles and all that's a buddy of mine. So that one's that one's kind of up there for me, but it's that's just a good vibe, and it's where we should have headed this year, honestly. All right, we'll we'll wrap this thing up quickly here because uh, it's ten thirty where you're at, and uh, I yeah. still have to eat dinner. Um, what was your favorite? What what was your favorite class to shoot at this last year at Loretta's? Like, is there a specific class, or was there like a moment that you were excited that you were really happy you were able to capture? I think I know where you're going. Um, I mean, I don't want to say the A class because I feel like that's everyone's favorite class. But uh, Gavin Towers winning that 250 championship is probably the, the that's top level for me. I mean, we shot his cool. and winning it. He shot we shot him winning a moto last year, which was cool. And then to see him win a title, and I would assume it's probably his last Reddas um, before he goes pro officially. Uh, that was that was probably that was up there um and then but if i don't say the a class um it's definitely going to be dakota baker winning a, a race uh just the emotion that came off there was was special i don't know him but west knows him and all the guys like um i believe they were at a shred tour stop and ran a yep. gopro and it was just a pretty cool story I mean, his parents were there. There was tears. I don't, like I said, I don't know him at all, but I'm like borderline crying. So it was, it was really cool to see something like that and be able to capture it is, is special. It's really special to be there for those moments. You heard it here first. Uh, Wes is, or Wade is a big softy. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. So <laughs> where can people follow you on social media to follow along a little bit more on your story and where can they find uh, your articles on Verb Moto? Uh, which probably get as many uh, readers as I do, probably a handful, six, seven, eight, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like probably my mom and my wife, like those are probably the people that read it. But no, uh, the right. amateur roundup on Verbamoto is typically where you'll find most of my writing. You can follow me on Instagram at Wade Rayner uh, or Facebook, either or. Um, you may stumble across like Victory Lap Productions, which is just my LLC, and will I where I put some of the local races and some of the local guys as well, but. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to do much of that. So most of the content you'll see is on at Wade Rayner on Instagram or at Victory Lap Productions on YouTube. You are headed to Bud's Creek, a place where you ended up getting, did you end up getting flown out of there or was it uh, just an ambulance? No, I got flown out. I knocked myself out for about five minutes uh, on the BMX step. They call it BMX to step up. You come off the start, you turn left. There's a step up there um at the time there wasn't much of a face on it i had to hit it in like fourth gear on my 250 pretty much as fast as i could go which isn't very fast but you know but when you things go sideways literally you know you hit the you kind of do a little clip on the top and you end up in the hospital fair enough well uh, i'm glad to see that you're you're doing all right now um and yeah hopefully people find you on 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 the gram on facebook on uh your your verb wade on 
uh, on Twitter, are you not? No, no, I'm at Wade Rayner on Twitter as well. The the verb Wade okay. thing is the Instagram handle. Um, basically, I use that to kind of research on some of the amateur kids that we write about um, and kind of keep all of that separate from my personal stuff and, and where I post a lot of the videos on Instagram. Fair enough. Well, hopefully people find you that way. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. We need to do this again. Definitely, yeah. I'm always down. So just give me a shout. Maybe we'll do it like a little bit earlier on East Coast. Yeah, well, it's like uh, <laughs> keep you up. Uh, so thanks for joining everybody. Uh, yeah, check out uh, verbmoto.com and uh, Wade. I think the next time I will see you in person and borrow your Crocs is Verb Classic. Yeah, there's there's not. Uh, I don't think there's a river there, so no swimming. But you can borrow the Crocs. Fair enough. Or maybe I'll even bring my own. I didn't lose your gibbet, by the way. I know. That one's near and dear to my heart. It's a Red Bull can. I don't even know where it came from. That was the only Red Bull logo I saw at uh, at a very monster <laughs> event. Uh, yeah. So I was flying yeah. incognito. Uh, but awesome, man. Let's uh, Let's hang it up right there. Cool. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode on the Verb Moto Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and all the other episodes on the network, whether it's the Vanilla Broadcast, that's the most consistent podcast that you can possibly imagine, Winners Take You All, and of course, the Squad Pod. Be sure to check out the website. You might find me writing some things about motocross bikes. Uh, That's always fun for me to do and uh, hopefully fun for you guys to read. Support our sponsors and, of course, support the show. You guys have a great one. Thanks for listening.